Welcome to the Joy Felipe Bruce podcast. Sister Joy Felipe is a daughter of Bishop Dag Heward Mills and the senior pastor of the Fountain of Life Cathedral of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. The Fountain of Life Cathedral is a thriving church of young, energetic people full of life for the Lord. Sister Joy is also an itinerant minister of Dag Heward Mills Ministries. She travels extensively, holding pastors' conferences and bringing ministry-related books by Bishop Dag Heward Mills to the nations. She is the evangelist of the Blessed Salvation Crusade. Now be blessed and refreshed as you listen to this inspired message by Sister Joy. Tell your neighbor, I am happy to be in church. I am happy to be in church. We are about to hear a word that will change your life. Hallelujah. I am about to hear a word that will change my life. And I know you are also about to hear a word that will change your life. Hallelujah. Today, our pastor is in our midst. If today is your first time, if today is your first time in this church, you are welcome to the Fountain of Life Cathedral. Our pastor is here. 
and she has been ministering and preaching to us the anointed, unadulterated word of the Lord. And today, she's about to minister to us. I want you to open your hearts and pay attention because we are about to be changed. Hallelujah. I want you to put your hands together. Let's welcome Yes Joy. opportunity to meet with you. I pray, Lord, that your grace will be with us. I pray that you will speak to us. I pray you will touch us in our hearts, oh God. And let it be well with us in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone shall see amen and amen. We want to find your Bible before we sit down. Let's make our confession. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the word of God. I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. I'll never be the same in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. Take your seat. Wow. Hallelujah. We thank the Lord for grace and mercy. Yes. Amen. And... It's the, a new month. Wow. The year is actually <laughs> disappearing in front of our eyes. Oh, I'm the only one who is surprised to find that we are in August. Hey! Entering the last quarter like that. Wow. Very soon, it will be the last part of the year. Anyway. Amen and amen. But it's good to see all of you. Amen. And I want to believe that, hey, today we had a new MC. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I was surprised. Hey, what voice is that? I know the voice, but anyway, but it's nice. Hallelujah. Well, for this month, we're going to be dealing with a topic. Tell your neighbor, you have to fasten your seatbelt. It's an important topic, but it's difficult. Yeah, there are some topics that are very easy to preach. And there are some that are not so easy to preach. And the ones that are not so easy to preach, you know why there are many times why they are not easy? Because you are inside. <laughs> you know what I mean. You know the kind of preaching they are preaching. You want to say, preacher, change the point. Next point. Next point. <laughs> Next point. You know, <laughs> change, change the point. Yeah. But we must still, it's still part of the Bible and it's so important. Amen. So this month, I want you to make up your mind that if you find that the word of God is pinching, you just say that the Lord is talking to me about something. Is that okay? Is that okay? Because what we're going to discuss, it's such a common thing. In the, even the Bible says that it's impossible to dodge and yet it is a problem. We're going to be discussing those who are offended. Hey! Those who are offended. Mm. This message, I tell you, because either you have been offended, or you are offended, or you are going to be offended, or any combination, or two, or all of them. Hey, it's very serious. Please ask your neighbor, have you 
not been offended before because if there's anybody like that, I think you must come and lay hands on all of us. You have never been offended before. But I think all of us will admit that at some point or other, we have been offended. And it is scriptural, actually. It's scriptural. Let's look at Luke chapter 17. Yeah, Luke 17, right? Verse 1, right there. Um, let me see if we can get it in some simpler English. Because I realize when you say, okay, let's read it. Wait, wait, wait. Go back to King James. Go back to King James. Then said he to the disciples, it is impossible but that offenses will come. It's a complex way of saying that offenses will happen by all means. Then he says, but woe to him through whom they come. We are not worried about that one. We are worried about the other one, the fact that it's impossible to dodge. So if you are here, you say, me, I've never been offended before. I think you are not alive. You are not real. So ask your neighbor, have you been offended before? If the person says no, tell the person, stop pretending. Stop pretending. Stop pretending. Once you have been alive, once you are alive, <laughs> I have been alive, once you are alive, <laughs> something will offend you. Something will touch you. But it's a very important study that we are about to undertake because much as it is natural, if you leave it, you see, it is like, it is like saying it is normal to be wounded. But if you leave the wound, are you seeing it? If you leave it, if you leave it, it can lead to a lot of, in fact, they can cut off your whole arm, yes, or your whole leg because of a wound that you ignored. Something you should have taken care of or you should have realized the most, the most dangerous wounds or some of the most dangerous wounds, wounds are stab wounds. The person has stabbed you, it might look like just a, 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 a dot. Sana, it has gone inside, inside, and it has done something there, yeah. You know, we are impressed with the big ones. You say, the person is wounded. Are you getting me? So, when it is big like that, you yourself will go to hospital. Even if there's nobody to carry you. Because, you know, when you look at it. But that, now it looks like it was just a pain. Not knowing that it has torn things inside. And you can be sitting there and outside looks like it is healed. Not knowing that under. Under is doing something. Are, are you there? You see, and that's why we need to deal with the subject of offense. There are people whose whole lives have changed because of offense. Hey. And that's why today I'm speaking to you about offense, the weapon of Satan. Yeah, the weapon of Satan. The weapon of Satan. Second hmm. Corinthians chapter 2. Let's read verse 10 and 11. Put them together, please. And we'll start in the King James. Put the two scriptures to the two verses, 10 and 11. Now Paul is speaking. He says, to whom you forgive anything, I forgive also. You know, he had had a lot of issues with the Corinthian church. So many issues had come up. So he was speaking. He said, for if I forgive anything, to whom I forgive it for your sakes, forgive I it in the person of Christ. Lest Satan should get an advantage of us. For we are not ignorant of his devices. Hmm. Are you seeing the point? The thing is that, yes, it is normal and natural, but if you do not forgive, and if you don't let go, there is somebody, he gains an advantage. Can we get it in a simpler version? Let's see, you know, some simple English. When you forgive this man, Forgive him too. I forgive him too. And when I forgive whatever needs to be forgiven, I do so with Christ's authority for your benefit so that Satan will not outsmart us. Hmm. Something had, had happened in the church and he was saying that, look, if you, if you have let it go, you've forgiven. I'm also going to leave it because if not, Satan will outsmart us. So you are there. You have had an issue with your sibling. Your sister, your brother, you say, forgive because if you don't forgive him, if you don't leave it, if you don't let it go, Satan will outsmart us. Because when you look at it, it's so common, you don't know that it is a weapon of Satan. Because it's so common, you think that, oh, I'm just being normal. <sighs> Are you in the church? Mm. 
Ah, let's go, point by point. Now, nowadays, the books, all of you have them. And if you don't have this book, please. It's your own something. You have to have, you know, some of you say, I don't have space on my phone. Please, at least, you have space for one book. So please, put this book down. Take this book, all right? If you like, I can put it through the pages. Should I make them put it on the pages? Should I make them put it on the pages so that you can download? Yeah, because maybe you didn't do it when we gave all the hundred. Okay, so the powers that be, please, put it on the FOLC community page so that you download it on your phone or wherever. So that you cannot say you didn't have it. Yeah. Are you there? Now, so the first thing I want to say this afternoon, offense and unforgiveness is part of Satan's great weapons against the church. Are you seeing it? Just like how salvation changes you, that's how offense too can change you in a negative way. Yeah. When, when um, Bishop writes this book, one of the things he shares in it was how he felt when many years ago the government broke down our walls. It's like you've not asked me my side of the story. Somebody has complained. You didn't talk to me. You didn't ask me anything. And then you brought down the walls. And for a while, he was very offended. And I remember how it colored a lot of the preaching at that time. And then he says that Bishop Duncan Williams called him and said, let it go. He said, if you don't let it go, all your preaching will be about that issue. Are you seeing it? It will color everything because you are hurt. Because you are hurt, he says. So I was saying to myself, I thank God he left it because maybe if he hadn't left it, in the ABC, he wouldn't have a church. Because at that time, there was no ABRC church. At that time. Are you seeing it? Uh, it would have colored everything. And look at how when you are offended with somebody, you will start from somewhere, but then you bring it into the... Uh, or, or you don't do such things. There are some of you who can rehearse the offenses from... Uh, what year? Some of you are natural historians. <laughs> you can remember the offense that was done 15 years ago. Then you start coming. 12 years ago, 10 years ago. It, and you actually think it's a good thing. Be careful. Be careful. You have to be able to let things go. I'm talking to some of you. You don't leave things. You're not able to let go. One of the things I find that really helps me to let things go is when I remember how capable of making mistakes I am. So if I don't leave it, somebody too will not leave my own. You see? When you are full of self-righteousness and you think you're always correct, that's when you are there holding somebody's own. But when you remember how you nah. Mm. Mm. Are you there? Let's continue. Offense is something that happens when Satan has targeted you for destruction and elimination. Tell neighbor, eee. It's too wild. He has targeted you to do what? To eliminate you. To obstruct, to, to just re remove you from there. Because you see, when you, when you get offended, offense is one of those things that colors everything. It's not everything in life that colors everything. But offense is like wearing red glasses. For as long as you wear the red glasses, red is red, blue is red, white is red, Yellow is red, and everything is red. Hey! Have you not seen the people say, fear woman and live long? <laughs> Something has happened to you. It has now colored everything. Everything. Hey! One man has disappointed you. Now you have extended it to all. Oh. Ask your neighbor, what is that? What is that? What is that? You see, the interesting thing about offense is that you may be right and you are offended. And you may be wrong and you are still offended. I hope you understand what I'm saying. And the most difficult one is when you are right and you are offended. In other words, somebody has done you wrong. Then you feel that I have a right to be offended. It is true, but if you think about it, that Satan is going to hold it to eliminate you. Be careful. Be careful. There are people who have used offense to color their whole life. The man disappointed you 25 years ago. 
from that time, your whole self, and we are going to go through the stages, and you see how your self has changed. Mm. Because everything is colored. Hey. Mm. Are you in the church? Offense will remove you from the race when nothing else works against you. Mm. Nothing else is working. They have tried to remove you. No, but when offense comes, and I know some of you, you have been offended. Yeah. You are still in the church, but you are offended. Okay, you know the boy. Me, I will not sing in that choir again. Hey, offense. I will not, I will not do this, uh, this thing again. I will not do it again. I will not do the basanta again. I've removed your, uh, tell your neighbor, mommy is dialing your number today. I am dialing it. Zero, two, zero, zero, zero. Hey! <laughs> The devil is very wicked, oh. And you didn't know that he had planned to remove you. It was to remove you from your place. You see, as we are in this world, all of us have a place. We have a place on earth, and if you are a believer, you also have a place in heaven. And what the enemy would love to do is to bomb you out of your place. And one of the most effective weapons is offense. Because when you're offended, he doesn't even have to do work. You're offended, you move yourself. Hey. I'm talking to some people. I thought you were used to, used to be an usher. I thought you were a shepherd. And now we don't see. You have removed yourself. You have bombed yourself out. Oh. You left. There are people who used to be part of this church. In fact, as far as heaven knows, they are still part of the church. They have left. Out of offense. Uh, Pastor, are you saying that we cannot leave the church? You see, you already, your, your things are already coming. Your things are already coming. <laughs> offense has bombed you out and you are busy making noise. Mm. Elimination. And when you go and watch, eh, many didn't join another church. And there are some who joined, but they couldn't join. They couldn't jail in the church. Because it was not your place. It was not your place. You know, it is normal to be angry. But let me teach you something. eh? Next time you get angry, squeeze your face, pull your mouth, and stay where you are. Mm. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Don't walk out. Don't walk out. When you walk out, it's very difficult. And don't bang the door. You are annoyed. You have left. Bang, you bang the door. When you reach over there, then you remember my phone. I have left it behind. How to even return and come for the phone? I said, tell your neighbor, don't walk out and don't bang the door. Don't bang the door. Don't bang the door. Hey, me dear. When I look at this church, the way they do their thing, every time they are talking about, you know, the thing called the perfect church, I don't think there's someone there. Mm. Have you met one before? You know why it's not perfect? Because you are inside. Because you are inside. Yeah, I mean, that's what I tell myself. Because I'm inside. I'm a fallible human being. I will make mistakes. Are you there? Some of you, when you woke up, you said pastors are perfect people. I don't know where you saw that. I don't know where you read that all. Hey. <laughs> Hallelujah. But you see, we are talking about it because when you are alerted to it, you won't allow it to bomb you out. That's what I'm saying. Squeeze your face. Don't mind us when we are talking to you, but stay where you are. I, I think you get the plan. Yeah, don't allow it to bomb you out because that is what the devil wants to do. You see, in the family that he has placed you, your biological family, your spiritual family, there is a place that is yours. And he's committed to removing you from there. Because when you move out of that place, you will find it very difficult to settle elsewhere. Hey. Mm. 
<laughs> when offense settles in you, you change. You are no longer sweet spirited. Hmm. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Hmm. Let's just look at the scripture. Matthew chapter 24, verse 10. Matthew 24, verse 10. Have you seen it? And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. Are you seeing the scripture? Are you able to see the scripture? So it's a progression. When you watch people doing hateful things, it's a pro progression. Recently, there's one gentleman who has taken our father's matter up, keeps on writing things, writing. He has written now, uh, you wonder if the, if the person is even saying. But what, this is exactly what has happened. Offense. And so now you are betraying what you have stood in before. And now you are hating what you have stood in before. And you have, became a, you have become a different person. Very different person. Hey. And there are some of you, over time, you have changed. I don't know you anymore. Mm. 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 And so we're going to be doing the stages of offense. By the time you get into the hatred, Satan has taken hold of you. Yeah. And he does. You know, I, I look at the story of Absalom in the Bible, and I feel so sorry for the guy. Because mm. he was wronged. But by standing his ground and letting the offense last 40 years in his heart, he spoiled his life. He spoiled his life. And there are people who spoil their lives. Some of you, your mother spoiled her life. Mm. Your father let her down some years ago. She said, I can't leave it. Hey, you are looking at me like you are from a different planet. Yeah. And so she held onto the offense. Are you there? She held onto the offense, held onto it, held onto it, until she doesn't even have a life again. Hmm? I know children who have moved away from their mother because she was so offended by the divorce. So every time they were there in the house, the mother was always saying, your father is this, your father. Then the children would go to their father's house. They realize there's peace. That because the father also never remarried. So get there, there's peace. So what do you think will happen? They kept on, oh, at a point, there was a meeting. They told her, look, it was supposed to be 50-50. The court said 50-50. But when the children grow, they do what they want. So it was 50-50 for as long as they were young children. But as they grew, they said, ah, this place, too much poison. Too much poison. Too much. So it was not a matter of whether we like our father or we like our mother. No, no. It's a matter of peace, peace, peace. I need peace. I need peace. Offense, if you leave it, it will change you. You see? And that is the difference between young people and old people. Yeah. When we come to church, you see some young people, they're generally dancing around. What has happened is that a certain kind of offense has not visited them yet. <laughs> so they come and they're like, James Tyler, and they're like, these old people, what is it? <laughs> you are coming, you are coming. Meanwhile, the older person sitting down there, he was offended in the office because the secretary said something, offended in the house because his wife said something, offended in the streets, offended. Off By the time you land in the church, the whole you is an offense. You are just offended. But today, I want you to understand that it is normal to be offended, but you've got to let it move on. Just get rid of it. If not, it will displace you. Amen. I said amen. And some of you, some of you have started the displacement of your life already. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because you have allowed, you see, if offense is going to lead you, it will not lead you right. Yeah. Hallelujah. Seven stages of offense. I'm going to give you the list and we'll start doing them one by one. We can only do one today. Stage one, withdrawal. Stage two, resentment. Stage three, mistrust. You have the book, so just listen. Stage four, malice and ill will. You see the hatred is coming. Stage five, stubbornness. Stage six, treachery and betrayal. 
Stage seven, demonization. Yeah. By the time Absalom was done, he was a total demon. I don't know how many people you know who will get up and rise up in arms against their own father. I hope you get it. Get up to kill their own father. Very few. The things he was doing, he could only have been demonized. Amen. And if you know that this is the end, you will, it will help you to fight back and to get rid of the offense. Hallelujah. Today, we are only going to do stage one, which is the stage of withdrawal. Point number one, withdrawal is the first stage of the syndrome of offense. And it's normal. If somebody, something is hitting you, bang, bang, what's your, what is your response? Is to move away. <laughs> and <laughs> the closer the relationship, <laughs> the more serious the implications of the withdrawal. Mm. So you have withdrawn from your friend. That's one level. But when you withdraw from your siblings, it's another level. And when you withdraw from your wife or your husband, it is another level. Hey! The church is very quiet. When I got married, an uncle of my husband gave us excellent advice. In those days, marriage counseling was not as good as it has become now. So you could only hear a few things. But I have always been grateful to him for that. You want to know the counsel he gave us? Should I tell you the counsel he gave us? He told us that. Now that you are married, he said, no matter how angry you get, no matter how angry you get, always sleep in the same bed. <laughs> no matter how angry you get, I can see a lot of married people Look, <laughs> no matter how angry you get, always sleep in the same bed. What was he saying? It's another way of saying, no matter how angry you get, don't withdraw. Because when you sleep in the same bed, even when you are all perched on the edge of the bed, as you are falling asleep, Charlie. Your leg will just... <laughs> you cannot continue to be annoyed forever. Or you don't get it. That's all that he was saying. No matter how angry. So some of you who are already sleeping in different places inside the house, you better, you better get back to the same room. You better get back to the same room and to the same bed. If you like, turn your back to each other. Back to back. Stay there. Stay there. And those of you who are not married yet, it's free marriage counseling. Free marriage counseling. I'm happy to say that I've been married for about 37 years. I'm still in the same bed. Yeah. I'm still in the same bed. Does it mean that every day you feel like talking? Whether you feel like talking, oh, you're offended, or you're not offended, stay there, stay there, stay there. Hey. There are some of you, you are, you, are, you are offended over too many things. And, and you are offended all the time. And then you, when you are there today, you say, then you, I won't talk to the person. What's wrong with you? Hey, Pastor, you, you don't know what he did. Okay, okay, I don't know what he did. Let's continue. Let's continue. <laughs> Point number two. Withdrawal is worse than a maintained relationship. I will explain. It is worse than a maintained relationship. Let us go to Ecclesiastes, if you know where it is in your Bible. Chapter 4, reading from verse 9. Two are better than one. Can you see it or you cannot see? Okay. As you have decided that you are angry with your spouse, read it. Two are better than one. Because they have a good reward for their labor. Verse 10. Hmm. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. And woe to him that is alone when he falleth. For he hath not another to help him. Hmm. Again, 
If two lie together, this was my, prayer, my scripture when I was praying to get married. Then they can have, they have heat. But how can one be warm alone? I used to ask the Lord that he himself said that how can one be warm alone? <laughs> Please, that's not the point of the preaching. It's just that way. <laughs> Verse 12. And if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him. So if one is being, something is prevailing against you, together you will withstand it. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Are you here? You see, let us go back to verse 10. No, first let's go to verse 9. You are, you are, you are learning a natural law. Two are better than one. Two are better than one. It's a natural law. Just like how gravity, whatever goes up must come down. And when something is a natural law, and you do not go by it. You hurt yourself. So let's say I start to walk. And I don't know that gravity will bring me down to the next step. I will hurt myself. I will hurt myself. And in the same way, there you are. Two is better than one. And you have decided to do your ankonam things. Mm. Ask your neighbor that. Are you the one who does ankonam? Mm. Verse 10. Look at it. If you fall, the other person will lift you up. You see, some of you, what you don't know is that the person who will lift you up is here. Eh? That's why your relationships are important. How to relate. There are some of you cut off relationships too early and too fast. And if you are like that, you have to change. Eh? Look, I already told you that this year, this month will not be easy. I told you it will not be easy. It will not be easy. <laughs> hey! There are problems in relationships, but there are even greater problems arising from isolation and withdrawal. Wife, you have withdrawn from your husband. Really, are you ready to contend with what may happen as a result of the withdrawal? The church is quiet. Mm. It's a question I'm asking you. You have withdrawn. You see, I don't want to get into the Christian wife syndrome. I don't want to go there. I don't want to go there. Yeah. Because you know that the man is a Christian. Intina. If he was an unbeliever, you wouldn't play the fool like that. Hey, in the church, you are trying to intimidate us to change the message, but I won't change it. I will not change the message. When you are traveling from Kumasi to Accra and your stomach is full, you do not mind those women standing at Nkoko selling the, uh, the well, some are selling trophies, some are selling bread, some are selling this kind of uh, you are not tempted at all because you ate before you left. It's only when you are hungry that your eyes are going everywhere. Where is the koshyanimoko? Where is the egg? Where is the bread? Where is the something? Where is the something? If the man is hungry, his eyes will go somewhere. And do not send me a text telling me that I'm the person saying that he's right to do this. I'm not talking about right or wrong. I'm telling you what happens. It's a natural law. And when we came to church, they were telling the men that it's okay for them to go and do <laughs> Don't misquote me. Do not misquote me. If you don't do your work, don't misquote me, please. Do not misquote me. I'm just explaining something to you. Hmm. So just make sure that the person is full. After you make sure the person is full, you can continue being angry. It's not a problem. Hmm. I'm speaking in parables. Those who need to understand, they'll understand. <laughs> hey. Hallelujah. Are you with me? But it's really, really important. Withdrawal is not a good thing. And there are some of you who used to be far more in church and you have withdrawn. 
And you see, you will notice that the church continues. It continues to move on. Yeah. Yeah. Simply because the Lord said that I'll build my church. Are you seeing it? So if he puts you in a place, oh, he would like you to be there. But when you withdraw, he'll just replace you with somebody else. And the point is that you are the one who will be on the outside. Yeah. 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 Are you in the church? And in case you didn't know it, having something to do in church even helps your own Christianity. Hmm. Huh. Are you there? Hmm? I'm reading. I like to read some of the statements. You know, some of the things that occur to me. I just underlined them. Hmm. If you have many people with whom you don't flow, it reveals that offense is really working in your life. Hmm. Small no, you're offended. Small no, you're offended. Small no, you're offended. And it makes you move away. Hey. I want you to push your neighbor and say, neighbor, look. Me, I'll not withdraw from you. I'll be your friend. Yeah, I'll not withdraw. Hmm. I'll not withdraw from you. I'm not going to do it. Hey. Are you there? Hmm? I will not withdraw. I will not withdraw. Now, another reason why withdrawal is dangerous is that it cuts off essential supplies to you. Now, one of the analogies in the Bible, you can see that we are likened to a body. Give me Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15 to 16 in the NASB. I want it in simple English. Let's look at the scripture. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him which is the head, even Christ. From whom the whole body, look at the description of the body, being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building of up. up of itself in love. In other words, the body is tied to itself. This joint to this one, this one to this one, and each one is playing its part. Are you there? And so as a body, we are the body of Christ. And when you separate yourself or you decide that you're not talking with some people or you do your things, you can cut yourself off from something you actually need. Amen. Something that you actually need. And there are people who have cut off links that you actually need. Because it was supplying something to you, but you didn't know. Mm, you didn't know. I, I hope you are hearing what I'm trying to say. There are people who have left the church, and they were major people in the body of Christ. And as they left, they have become phantoms. They didn't realize that their connection. Yeah. You see, you can say, oh, I can go to any church. You try. You discover it's not like that. There are a lot of very good churches. So. But for some reason, God places you in one. Yeah. So you realize even when you go to another, it's just not your church. There's nothing wrong with it. And those, that church, those for whom it is, they are also thriving. But when you go, you realize you don't thrive. Why? Because it's not yours. You see, it's not yours. It's just like a body. If I take... Reverend Isaac's foot, and I change it with, um, with Pastor Russell's foot. It's not his foot. In fact, please, can you come up? I need some, please come up, the two of you. Hey, just come. Can you change shoes for me to see? Just change shoes. Let's see whether it will work. No, one shoe. You just change one. Sorry for foot. Okay, just change it and let's see. Change it and let's see. Mm. Mm -mm. Please don't spoil the man's shoes. Pastor Rasta, don't spoil the shoe. Pastor Rasta, don't. <laughs> Are they not all shoes? But it's very clear that you are struggling. It wasn't working. Hey, his, shoe, his foot is bigger than yours a little, so you could put it inside. We should have left him to run. That's when you see that it's not your shoe. It's not your shoe. But they are shoes. So it's not your church. They are churches, but that one is not your church. Amen. The one that is for you is the one that you fit into. Hallelujah. And so from today, don't easily be bummed out. Don't easily be bummed out. 
Hey, turn to your neighbor and say, look, pull your mouth, frown your face, but stay here. Thank you, gentlemen. Yeah. Stay in your church. <laughs> Amen. Because it is when you go. I'm reminded of a certain young man. He left our church. In fact, when he was leaving, he never told us. My husband and myself were so shocked. So when we heard it, we called him. We said, oh, what is that? I remember him telling my husband, he said, yes, I didn't tell you because I knew that you convinced me to stay. So he left. And when he left, he was a pastor. I mean, he, didn't, he hadn't done anything wrong. He was just not happy with something or other. He went and joined another church. Hey, he was there. He was there. He was there. You know when suddenly your phone starts to ring? Hmm. Then he called. Oh, I was just calling to say hello. If you are calling to say hello, we are also saying hello. I'm talking to somebody. Then after a couple of calls again, oh yes, I was just finding out how you are. <laughs> but after some time, he came out with it and said, it's not as I thought. It's not working for me. Then my husband asked him, do you want to return? He said, oh, if I get, I'll return. And then my husband just directed him, see this bishop, see this one, see this one, and return. Your house, there's your household. You see, when he was going, he didn't worry anybody. It was his own issues. Are you there? Yeah. He's fully back in the church. Oh, cry. He's fully back. He's pastoring a church again. He's doing well. Yeah, 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 yeah. You see, sometimes, just like your home, how many of us sometimes you have wondered that this is my house? Cry. Especially when you are growing up. Yeah. You wonder that, ah, why? And your neighbor's house always looks better. It always looks nicer. Until, 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 until. Then you suddenly realize that, I mean, you may even move over your uncle's house for holiday. One week is fine. Two weeks is fine. After a while. You realize that, no, no. No, I miss, <laughs> I miss this. And I said, please, I want to go back home. Yeah, why? Because that's your home. That's your home. So your uncle may even be some millionaire, be with some very jet house. You thought you were going to enjoy the house. You thought it was going to, but suddenly realize that I, I want to go home. I just want to go home. I want to go home. Are you in the church or not? I remember on one of my travels that I went, I was met by some people. I was treated so well. Hey, are you there? Yeah. I was treated so well. Went from here to there. I tell look, one night I was almost crying. I want to go home. I want to go home. I just want to go home. They haven't done anything to me. They haven't done me any wrong. But I want to go home. I just want to go home. That's all. I want to go home. Home where all my doors are open. When it's raining, the water will come in. No, it's still my home. Or oh, it's not your home. If it starts to rain right now, we have to close all the doors. We'll wonder what oxygen cry are we going to breathe. But it is our home. Yeah. A place that will come. Sometimes the preaching will work. Sometimes it won't work. Sometimes the dancing will work. Sometimes it won't work. Huh? Sometimes the sound will work. Sometimes it won't work. <laughs> eh? Sometimes the projection works. Sometimes it won't work. There are times when they are sitting there, they are singing a song. Then we send a message. Where are the words of the song? Where are the words? <laughs> are you in the church? Yeah. Eh? Oh. You are singing. We say start again. Start again. Eh? Yeah, start again. It's not a problem. Start again. Yeah. It's our ch- You see? That is our house. That's the point I want you to make. It may not be perfect, but it's our house. It's our house. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And we just, we just love it. I mean, just like to look up. Oh, you see your people. Those are your people. Hallelujah. Amen. Tap your neighbor again. Say, neighbor, when you are annoyed with me, frown your face. Pull your mouth. But please, don't go anywhere. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. And you see, this particular point, 
I'll be ending on this point. Of the joints, you see, there is a way in which we help each other. The joints applying, supplying. If you are in the church, you have a problem, and you feel you are alone in the problem, maybe you haven't shared it with the right person. I, I hope you get me. Because if you did, somebody will come side by side with you and pray with you and walk with you. Sometimes there are people in this church, they get to know that somebody needs a job. You'll be surprised that they go and sort it out. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Even as a pastor, sometimes I hear after they've sorted. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sometimes somebody's in the hospital, they can see that some they'll be is coming. Yeah. And there are some they'll organize themselves and just put their connection. By the time myself and Reverend Isaac are hearing, they are, they are telling us that, oh, we are ready to sort it out. You see, so maybe yours, you have not said much. You see, other times we cannot solve the problem, but we will just encourage you. We just keep you going. Are you with me? So that the offense will not get a chance to mislead your life. Amen? We cannot solve every problem. No, that one is true. That one is true. But you see, remember that scripture. Take us back to Ecclesiastes chapter 9. Uh, chapter 4, please, please. It says two is better than one. Two is better than one. Are you seeing it? Two is better than one. Say, so, but don't withdraw. You change your mind. Don't withdraw. Don't withdraw. Yeah. Verse 10. Me is the verse 10 that I really like. He says, if you fall, somebody will lift you up. Hallelujah. This world, we have come to see that there are many places to follow. Many, 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 many places to fall. I was so moved recently by a story that Bishop told. One of his members, she came with her daughter. The daughter, just a few months to marry him. They said, oh, something, something, something. They have to remove the eye. <laughs> Young girl, just about to start her marriage, like they have to remove the eye. Bishop <sighs> said, when he heard something, you know, some things we just cannot, you can't accept it easily. Let me just check something, you see. So he just called some eye doctors. He said, you see, not because he thought the thing was wrong. He just felt, ah, no, no, no. How can you be looking this young girl? No. He was just struggling with the diagnosis. The long and short of the matter is that when they entered into the issue, there was an issue, but there was another solution that could be done without removing the eye. Yeah. Yeah. It depends on where you go. Or you don't understand what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Depends on where you go. But the point I'm trying to make is that, you see, so this woman had come. In fact, she, he said she sent him a text, the mother, sent him a text that day, that just for him being concerned about her daughter, she felt better. At the time, she didn't even know that they were going to check and try to do something else. But just the fact, somebody is with you. I mean, my sister and I, we've lost a lot of family members. One of the strengthening points are some of you who have just, we've always felt our churches by us. Just by us. Some by a text, some by physically coming there, some by just standing. You just, you see it. Somebody's lifting you up. Now, if you have withdrawn from the person at that time, hey, let's have come and have quarreled with all of you. <laughs> How will it be? How will it be? My prayer is that you will not withdraw. Amen? You will not withdraw. Whatever the situation is, I want you to remember that it is better to be part of what is going on here. Hallelujah. As I close, the story is told in the Bible of Noah. Noah built an ark because God told him to build the ark. And then the Lord told him that he should put Different animals inside. And the Bible says he went and found the different animals two by two. You know, when we read that story, we don't get all the pictures. But I can't imagine because it means there were two pythons there. And there were also two antelopes there. Are you seeing? Look at the different animals. Those who don't talk to each other. Two cats, two mice. You know cats and mice, they don't talk to each other. Two lions, two zebras. They were all there. Two antelopes. Are you there? And they were inside 
the boat. I need you to understand that it could not have been easy in the boat. No, 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 no. I am very sure on some mornings, Pastor Noah will wake up and there's a knock on his door. From the mouse. Pastor Noah, Pastor Noah, warn the cat, warn the cat. He has been doing me like this. <laughs> warn the cat. And Pastor Noah will have to go and talk to the cat and say, listen, stay in your place. On some other mornings, he'll get a knock. This time is the lion. Pastor Noah. Pastor Noah, warn the antelope. She has been shaking her waist. Just shaking her waist. Shaking her waist. <laughs> I am sure a lot of things were going on in the boat. But I have one thing to tell you this afternoon. That no matter what was going on inside the boat, no matter the things that were difficult inside the boat, it was easier, it was better to be inside the boat than outside the boat. We are here together in one boat. And may the Lord help us. No matter what it is, we are together. Hallelujah. There is an old song we used to sing. I need you. You need me. We're all a part of God's body. Stand with me. Come on. afternoon you are here. Some of us, we need to rekindle our relationship with God. Maybe you used to be closer to God. And sometimes something can happen and we are disappointed and we are heartbroken and we, without intending to, you just withdraw from God and now you find you've gone so far back, you're not even sure how to come back. This altar call is for you. You used to be closer to him. I need you to understand that he does not condemn you. He's just looking for you to draw closer to, to him. And so as every head is bowed and every eye is closed, you are here and you're saying that I need to come back again. I need to come back. I need to come back. I need to draw closer. I used to be closer to God, but I took myself away. But Lord, today I'm asking you to forgive me. 
and I want to come back. If that is you, just lift your right hand up where you are standing. You're saying, I want to come back. 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 Or maybe you have never given your life to Christ and this is your first chance to give your life to Jesus. Whichever one it is, just come and let us pray together. Step out of where you are. Step out of your comfort zone. Just come. Let's pray together. Let's pray together. You are here saying, I want, I want to talk to the Lord. I want to come back. Just come and let us pray together. To Jesus. Oh, just come. Just come. Just come. Give it's time to make up again. You've taken yourself so far today. away. But you're saying, today I want to come back. Today I'm coming back. Today I'm coming back. Lord Jesus thank you for another opportunity I come back to you today please write my name in the book of life from today I put aside every offense and every hurt and every despair and I return to you in the mighty name of Jesus thank you Lord for receiving me and for another opportunity in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for those who've returned to you and who are coming back to draw closer to you. Father, I thank you for another opportunity. In Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. We believe that you have been blessed by this message. For more information, you can follow us on Facebook, Fountain of Life Cathedral, and on Instagram and Twitter at F-O-L-C-I-D-S. God richly bless you.